Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. Mentioned like two or three times a week, getting ready for a con. Like <laughs> every day, I benched every day. It ends with why? But I thought I was never gonna bench again. How great was that caption? I thought it was great. It was great. So direct. So guys, we're just cutting in on the conversation of Nick talking about how he was addicted to training uh, to uh, foam rolling. So welcome to Training Room Talk for this edition. Um, Basically today, with that nice intro, we're going to discuss foam rolling, how we utilize it, when to utilize it, and if it really works. Um, so Nick, continue with that conversation about how you were addicted once, and um, you thought you were never going to bench again, but foam rolling was your savior. First step is being aware. Uh, now, so you know, I, I was uh, maybe my sophomore or junior year of, of college, and you know, I was doing a lot of benching, um, as in like three times a week, you know, incline, flat, dumbbell, you name it. And um, like like every you know college student, I love it. And Rob is still doing that same program today. I actually gave it to him. Why would you ever <laughs> lift legs? Right. Um, but now you know. So I, uh, I I found myself in a in a serious rut. Uh, could not lift my shoulder up above you know shoulder height. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. And I had gone actually to the chiropractor. I had got a massage all you know with no elimination of my pain and uh you know I, I came across this guy named this crazy guy named kelly starrett on youtube and I, I found out how to use a foam roller and you know over, over the course of, of a few weeks i started to kind of see some improvements in my range of motion my pain had decreased although that was probably due to not benching uh during that time and um so Fast forward a, a few years, and it I was out of pain, and you know I was back to doing all the things that I was once able to do uh, with a little smarter programming, and I was still using the foam roller, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a day, and and this is obviously not just foam rolling, but including self myofascial work with lacrosse balls, and you know, really following all of the MWOD principles. I, I had I'd gone to Kelly Starrett's course. I had incorporated it into the gym I was at, you know, teaching other people those methods. And, you know, in that process, I became addicted to foam rolling, soft tissue work, you know, banded distractions, um, and not really looking at the other side of active control. So <laughs> I would say, you know, fast forward to today, and while I do incorporate some of that, work into my into my own training um and into some prescription in physical therapy i do not prescribe it or use it for the for the same reasons so before we got on like ray you were talking about some studies um do you have those up some studies about how foam rolling was beneficial for certain performance measures uh i did come across it uh so yeah uh there's a ton of studies out there, first of all. Um, I mean, there's ones that support it, and then there's ones that, you know, discredit it as much. But this specific one did uh, look at a uh, group of men, um, two groups. One, uh, one group obviously was controlled, uh, didn't foam roll. The other group did uh, throughout the entire uh, bilateral lower quarter. 
um, and they were tested before and after uh, with back squat, broad jump, uh, T-test, and a 30-meter sprint. And the group that foam rolled uh, performed much more favorably uh, in terms of the outcomes uh, when they were retested uh, two, three, and four days uh, following uh, the initial squat protocol and the initial baseline testing. So, um, yeah, I, th I think there's good stuff to be had by foam rolling. Um, I don't really see any harm in it. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, of course, I think anything, you know, anything in life you can overdo, right? Uh, so to a certain degree, moderation. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, an advocate for foam rolling. So I think you're looking into foam rolling. You know, what's the goal of foam rolling? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to change? Um, I think most of us can agree that we're not changing, like, soft tissue matrix. Like, we're not increasing length of sarcomeres. We're not you know, breaking down scar tissue, right? For, for most of the time, like, or I mean, really foam rolling is just creating a neurological change mm -hmm. in the tissue, um, which maybe makes it more pliable and increases range of motion. But it's, to me, it's like a proprioceptive um, pressure into the tissue to say, hey, calm down, this threat's reduced, let your body into a new range of motion. Um, so applying it to like a performance setting, Rob, when do you usually prescribe it? Are there certain instances where you don't prescribe it? Um, how do you typically apply it to your programs and your athletes? Yeah, I think that's a great question, John, because um, as strength coaches, we really can't do any manual massage. Um, and a lot of coaches kind of default to that for everything. Um, and that's why I think a lot of coaches and strength coaches can kind of get in trouble with that. Um, so I think just starting with the statement of like the foam roller isn't going to fix your problem I think mm -hmm. it's kind of an important statement to stay yeah. um, you know it's, it, if it hasn't been fixed it's not going to fix it so um, I, know I definitely think that's that's an important statement that I believe in um, but uh, you know the other side of the coin um, I still I use foam rolling I think it's good to and kind of how I implement it you know I agree with everyone what, what everyone's been saying so far um, so just how I implement it is just prior to uh, a training session. Uh, if someone comes in, you know, they just drove 40 minutes, hop on the foam roller for a couple minutes. Don't, you know, don't spend 15 minutes doing foam rolling. Um, at the same time, don't spend 10 seconds. So happy medium, foam roll what you need to foam roll. You know, I'll generally show you some common spots that I like to use, but, you know, if you don't want to foam roll your quad today, it's okay. So, um, you know, I think for depending on the population you're seeing, you know, with all the throwers that I'm seeing, we're doing maybe a more targeted kind of upper body soft tissue massage with a lax ball, with a, a stick roll of the elbow or the tricep. Um, so I do think I would say I use that a little bit more than maybe like a lower body foam roll just from the population that I'm seeing. But um, other than just like a pre-workout foam roll, I, I, I you know, might use it if someone's like, oh, my legs are toasted, I can't walk. Okay, like, let's get some active movement of that of that lower body on a foam roll. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious when someone's like, oh, like my shoulder feel hurts right here in the front. Like, the first thing I, do I don't do is say, oh, go rub a, go stick a lax ball in your right. pec. Right. Sometimes that might be warranted, but yeah, strength coaches, we don't know the answer to that question. 
Um, so that's why I have great three great physical therapists here that I can have take a look at whatever's going on. Um, you know, so I, I and I, I think Nick made a good point earlier. Like I think I, you know, definitely was in that point as well where it was like, oh my God, if I don't foam roll, I'm going to, you know, crumble. Right. You know, I, I think we were all there at some point. I was definitely there and um, you know, now I'm kind of just in the point where, you know, hey, if you want to foam roll, great. If not, like it's okay, but I'll show you. I'm going to give you the resources and tools necessary to be successful in the performance setting. And if you want to use those resources, great. If not, then that's up, that's your decision not to. So that's kind of where I'm at, John, with foam rolling. I also think it's just, uh, you know, it's a great way to improve circulation prior to activity as well. Um, and then post-workout, I think, you know, especially for, you know, any athletes that are working out, you know, numerous days in a row, right? Naturally, you're gonna get some delayed onset muscle soreness. And the one thing that I have seen consistency in the literature is a reported decrease in DOMS and soreness uh, with the use of foam rolling. Um, so I don't know if it is gonna drastically improve performance, but I do think it can kind of mitigate some of the negative effects that occur, um, you know, with hard training sessions and consecutive training sessions. Yeah, off of that, I love to incorporate foam rolling, you know, at the end of a session. And once again, whether it's actually impacting the local tissue or having more of a systemic effect, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure, but I do think it provides some kind of down regulation to the central nervous system. There's a calming effect about after a workout, getting on a foam roller for a minute, two minutes maximum, incorporating some, some diaphragmatic breathing, you know, through that process to making sure, you know, maybe we're kind of getting out of a sympathetic state after a tough, tough uh, workout session. One of the things I like to you know mention to the athletes is you know when when we're when we're working out when we're training when we're performing right we're we need that sympathetic state we need that feeling like we're about to fight a bear but when you go home and you're going to dinner you can't you can't still be in that state right we can't be in fight a bear mode when we're going home to eat dinner and hang out with the family yeah and you know if you know I think. You guys are both saying, like, foam rolling just becomes part of the training and recovery process, right? It, and maybe depending on the day and how you're feeling, it becomes more a part of it than another day where you don't feel like you really need it and you just hit it quickly. Um, but I do, I do think, so taking from foam rolling, you know, like your basic foam roller that doesn't have the grid on it and the, mm -hmm. you, know, rum, you know, rumble roller right. stuff, I think – then you're starting to drive like maybe um, tissue lesions and, and tissue injury and um, you know you're ramping people or keeping people in a sympathetic state when you're starting to get into more intense forms of um, you know this is my opinion but more intense forms of the self myofascial right. release when you Start get a sweating yeah exactly been and I think there's this misconception out there like the more it hurts the better it, you know the more good it's doing and, and I don't think that's the case at all. We certainly in the clinic haven't seen um, a difference for the most part of if I lightly, you know, provide this area with soft tissue work versus if I crush it with an elbow. Right. Like I don't think we've seen or I know, at least I haven't in my clinical practice, seen different outcomes with either. 
one bruises a patient and, and hurts them, um, which may ultimately make them feel better because I increased their pain threshold for the five minutes that I was crushing them with an elbow. Um, and the other one is light and calming. Um, but clinical outcomes, in, in my point of view or my experience, haven't changed based off the intensity. Um, so I think you can often, and there are times definitely I like to get a softball or a crossball into my hip because it get, needs to get a little bit deeper to hit the structure. Yeah. Um, but moving from just a, a general foam roll to crushing and causing bruising and, and tissue trauma um, may not necessarily be the best thing. Um, because then you might be creating tissue change, but it might not be um, creating the change that you want. I agree with that. I think, you know, a- applying an intervention uh, like a foam rolling or other soft tissue work to improve maybe a-, a-, a stiff tissue that you've identified through your testing, you know, whether that be, you know, shoulder flexion or just, you know, standing, lumbopelvic toe touch, you know, what- whatever the case is, if your intervention of, of soft tissue work isn't making, you know, direct change within, you know, a, a you know, a minute, especially with a foam roller, or you're not, you're not seeing those changes right away, and they're not sticking, that may not be, you know, your best intervention. So we, the idea is if we're going to be foam rolling, if we're going to be using, you know, self techniques, if we're going to be using manual techniques, and there's no noticeable change or significant change in a retest, right? I, I would I would say that that intervention is maybe discontinued. Yeah, I mean, what's the definition of insanity, Nick? Doing like, the same thing over and over and over again with no change. Right. So I think if you're someone that for the last three weeks you've been having hip pain and you're in your foam rolling, concentrating that area for for the last three weeks and there's no noticeable appreciable change, there's probably something else you should be doing, right, to to create the change that you need. Um, because like any soft tissue technique. Um, Foam roller might help you feel good, but it's not changing necessarily changing a movement pattern. So, um, you know, our opinion is always following up some type of soft tissue technique with something that helps you um, move better, puts you in better positions so that you don't continually um, run into, you know, my left side low back's always lit up. Yeah. So, so how are you moving? Like foam roller might help you feel better for the workout, but then it comes back. What are you doing to yeah. make that appreciable um, and permanent change? Yeah, and just to reiterate, I mean, I think, uh, like, I'll compare it to, like, joint mobilizations because that's one thing that literature is pretty clear on. Um, Joint mobilizations are certainly effective, but they are uh, definitely short-term. So a lot of times, you know, the way I use them is I'll use the joint mobilizations early on in uh, the treatment session to then allow – you know, to provide the patient with maybe, you know, a little bit more, you know, mobility uh, to strengthen or stabilize through the remainder of the session. And I kind of, you know, think about foam rolling in the same sense. Uh, Maybe, you know, certainly it it does have its post-workout advantages, but using it early on just to maybe, you know, prep the system, uh, prep the system a little bit better uh, to provide a more optimal workout or, you know, rehab session. You know, even the even the process of foam rolling, right? So, you think about the the first you know minute that you're in the gym. Um, you know, actually, the process of foam rolling, you're you're moving around. You're you're. I think you're. People always say like you know you're getting blood to the area. Well, you know you're actually moving around, right? It's kind of a to be able to get in that low plank position to roll a, a quad out. It's actually it takes some effort. 
So I think one of the benefits is also, you know, you are actually incorporating some active movement um, when you are foam rolling. It's not necessarily the foam roller, but it's you getting in these in these positions. Yeah, and I think in the gym it becomes your social time too, right? Well, it's definitely. I don't yeah. know the way you know the way I look at it, especially you know as a coach, is we have one hour out of our day for you to get your your workout in. If you're doing a class, I want that time to be utilized, right? And and I want it to be utilized efficiently. And sometimes I'm not sure if the the foam rolling for five minutes in the beginning of a class is the best way to utilize that time. No, I mean, where I see it fitting in is you show up early before class, sure, you sure, do your foam rolling, sure. because there's more effective things that you're going to be doing, but if you feel like you need to roll to um, accept those inputs of you know, the warm-up, then that's what you do. Yeah. Here, I guess here's one, another thing, is there are a lot of ways to, de- I think, decrease your initial perception of tightness. And I think, you know, John, you would agree, you know, tightness isn't a, isn't a bad thing, right? I want to feel tight at my end range of hip flexion. I want to feel tight at my end range of, you know, of hamstring length. That's, that is a good thing, but that doesn't mean I need to, you know, foam, foam roll. That could mean I need to activate and use that end range of motion to actually kind of put myself in a good position, get those muscles prepped to work out instead of foam rolling and potentially creating an instability. Yeah, so I think foam roll in that sense, it decreases the soft tissue tone to allow you to find the positions better, and then you're getting strong and stable in those positions, right? Um, so it's decreasing this, you know, maybe unconscious or positional, or unconscious threat response or a positional elongation, for instance, of a hamstring that creates this tension. And if you can foam roll a hamstring to kind of let it calm down the tension of always being lengthened, mm-hmm then that helps you accept the exercise input in a better position and then um, ultimately reducing risk of injury. Um, so foam rolling definitely has its place in, in warm-ups. And then, you know, maybe just at the end with the, the decrease in DOMS, like then you're just helping calm things down. You're helping blood flow stay through. You're calming down because you're, you're gradually going from a high-intensity mm-hmm. training session through this like moderate intensity maybe foam roll because you're in this plank position and then you're gently calming down to um to a, a resting heart rate and, and ready to go about your day right yeah yeah i mean yeah so it sounds like you know just to summarize today's conversation you know foam rolling has its place but i think as a coach or pt you know we should be transparent with what we're actually doing i think you know there's a the body of literature is growing that is showing that we're not actually breaking down you know scar tissue or adhesions but rather we're maybe having a a global effect you know on our system allowing for neurological changes to achieve desired positions you know prior or or after working out yeah so so use it when you feel like you need it but don't become reliant on it i think it's as simple as that john Thanks again, guys. Until next time.